Today is Friday, September 3rd, 2021. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Nikola Tesla. You're listening to episode 258, Repatterning Pain and Injury with Dr. George Roth. Basically, imagine a little kid's toy. There's a kid's toy called a squish toy, which is like these uh, little bungee cords with rods held together in space, and it creates this nice little thing that kids can play with, and it's Mm -hmm. often multicolored, and you squish it down, and it pops back up, always maintains its shape. And he said, guess what? This is how the body is constructed. I said, wow. This is the Dance of Life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday to you. Thanks for being here with me as always. Appreciate you. My guest today is Dr. George Roth. He's recognized as an authority and pioneer in the field of physical medicine. He's a developer of Matrix Repatterning, a breakthrough treatment system that is becoming recognized worldwide. He's the author of the Matrix Repatterning Program for Pain Relief, and his contribution to the treatment of concussion and traumatic brain injury has been acknowledged by Dr. Norman Deutsch in his best-selling book, The Brain's Way of Healing. If you want to connect with Dr. George or check out more about what we talk about today, go to matrixrepatterning.com. And I'll put a link for it on the show notes for today's episode. That's episode 258. Excited to have Dr. George on the show. You know, we haven't had too many people talk about pain specifically and recovery, so I'm very excited to pick his brain about everything he's learned, as well as how he created his program, Matrix Repatterning. And what is it? You know, how do we implement it? Where can you implement it? And what are some different strategies to keep yourself in alignment in general? How do you recover from injury and pain? You know, how can you maybe get off your meds if that's what the issue is? A lot of valuable things. I think a lot of people suffer from pain to some degree. And so if that's you, if you relate to this, then I'm happy to have you here. Excited. Make sure you share it with your friends. Like, subscribe, all the things that you feel like doing. Very excited to have George, Dr. George on the show. Let's do this. Episode 258. Repatterning Pain and Injury with Dr. George Roth. All right, well, Dr. George Roth, welcome to the show. So happy to have you. I'm super interested in... Uh, this matrix repatterning, you know, we're going to be talking about so many cool things, especially with trauma and injury and uh, recovery. I, I really am excited to do that. We haven't had anybody on the show recently to talk about these things specifically. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. 
It's a real pleasure and uh, I look forward to sharing my, my experience and uh, the things that we've discovered with your audience. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. And, you know, I, I'm always attracted to things that we can learn about or do that uh, speed up healing time that, that obviously avoid, you know, surgeries and medications at, at any cost, you know, the, the things that we can support our body body to heal. So I guess, you know, share a little bit about your experience, you know, kind of how long you've been doing this and particularly how did you create matrix repatterning? How did you kind of get on the path that you are on today? Sure. Well, my background is uh, about 43 years ago, I graduated as a chiropractor from um, Canadian College of Chiropractic uh, in Toronto. And uh, uh, I realized that there were some gaps in that. So I went on to uh, become a naturopathic physician as well. And I studied that uh, at a place called was originally called the Ontario College of Naturopathic Medicine. Now it's the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine. And, um, and that helped uh, uh, open up some other uh, ideas in terms of what, what can constitutes health and what, pr- what provides potential solutions for people who are suffering. You know, I really wanted to help people. And uh, in chiropractic, I had a chiropractor as when I was, uh, uh, before I became a chiropractic student who really, uh, delved kind of deep into the body and kind of like gave me a sense that this is something that could really help people. However, when I got to chiropractic school, I realized there were limitations and kind of like uh, limited uh, views in terms of how the body's put together, kind of focusing just on the spine and the mm. joints and things like that. And I realized that something just didn't quite fit because, you know, uh, my instructors and so on, kept on telling us we got to treat the same thing over and over again. And many, I know many chiropractors later on in years who were frustrated by that. So then uh, I encountered, um, um, uh, you know, I, I encountered the field of osteopathy yeah. and I went on to take some osteopathic training and, um, you know, and then eventually wound up actually uh, actually getting care, I, I had a, developed an injury that was really not uh, responding well. And back in the mid 80s, at this point, and um, after my, some of my osteopathic training realized that I needed help. And I started reading a, a book by an, an osteopath. And I found an osteopath who was doing this technique down in Columbus, Ohio. So I went from Toronto and flew down there. And uh, a problem that had been bothering me for three months resolved in about 10 minutes. And I said, Oh, wow. I have to learn this technique. And uh, cause even the other osteopathic techniques I was using weren't uh, helping. So then I wound up spending uh, flying down there every month for three or four days for five years studying, and then eventually teaching uh, with the osteopaths there at this hospital. It's a general hospital. So they did everything, you know, like cardiology and oncology and everything else. And then the osteopathic medicine department is where I was. And so little by little, I realized that there were uh, things that worked and didn't work. And there were so many different theories out there with an osteopathy and chiropractic and naturopathic. And I kept on saying, there's got to be something that puts everything together that will make sense. And I said, there must be a unifying principle. Mm. And I knew something was missing. You know, everyone had different ideas about nerves and fascia and joints and you know, all of these different concepts and even within, within naturopathic, you know, looking at different organ functions. 
but something just didn't make sense. And I knew there was something missing. So I was fortunate enough. I was, I was delving into things with osteopathy and kind of playing with some new ideas. And so I eventually began teaching a few little of the things I had learned, but still had not come up on this unifying principle. So, uh, and then in 1992, I, uh, I happened to be uh, teaching at a presentation with what was called then called the Physical Medicine Research Foundation at uh, York University in Toronto. And there were a number of speakers and presenters. And uh, so one of my students, I was presenting there and then one of my students said, you need to listen to this fellow, Dr. Stephen Levin, and he's presenting a new idea about how the body actually works. And I said, well, hmm. okay. So I, I attended his lecture and he's an orthopedic surgeon and uh, noticed uh, a bunch of things that didn't make sense to him either. And he kept on looking for something that made sense and finally came upon this theory about the structure of the body. That's sort of like a, a, a geodesic framework, a frame of that's um, basically imagine a little kid's toy. There's a kid's toy called a squish toy, which is like these uh, little bungee cords with rods held together in space and it creates this nice little thing that kids can play with and it's mm -hmm. often multicolored and you squish it down and it pops back up always maintains its shape and he said guess what this is how the body is constructed i said wow okay so uh this concept came to be known as biotensegrity so tensegrity is a term that buckminster fuller coined and what he uh, basically eventually used in different structures and engineering principles uh, to form like the geodesic dome and things like that, although yeah. that's not a true tensegrity structure. But it turns out that when you look inside our cells and around the same time in the late 70s, there's an, another scientist, Dr. Donald Ingber, who's looking at the cell structure, looking in a microscope and said, oh, guess what? That's correct. That's exactly how cells are built right down to the DNA. And wow. so what we have is this framework that everything is built around. It's a carbon molecule, really. It's like a space frame. So that if there is an injury or something and distorts this, everything gets messed up. But when it's working properly, everything's in balance. Uh, this, is, this is the property and everything's interconnected. So all these little space frames, every cell has thousands of these little space frames that are you know, kind of this resilient kind of little squish toy inside our cells. And so that's why a weightlifter can lift, you know, more than his body weight. That's why even a mother in distress whose child is trapped under a car can lift a car. Like individual bones and joints and muscles could never do that. Each mm -hmm. of those would rip apart or collapse under that amount of strain. But this tensegrity, which is the continuous framework that goes throughout the entire body, is something that provides incredible strength and flexibility while maintaining its shape, no matter where it is, even in outer space. So, uh, so this idea then led me to ideas about how I was noticing things in the body, because what I did notice is when I corrected something or found an area that was injured, <clears throat> when I corrected it, a lot of other areas improved. Okay. Mm. I couldn't explain it. So, so then um, what I what I realized was that these areas that were injured were actually sources of tension where the space frame, these little, little, um, little, little molecular uh, balls got stuck and they formed a source of tension. So the idea, if you can imagine, if you pull on your sweater or shirt to one side, all right, 
that's a source of tension, but you'll notice that it kind of goes across the body. You'll feel it on the opposite shoulder, you yeah. know, kind of pulling on your rib cage on the other side. That's what happens when we have an injury. You don't notice it because after a while we get used to that. So a good, a good way to demonstrate that is I tell people, you know, just, and if your, your listeners want to try this at home, you know, they can you know, just, just close their eyes and feel the amount of tension in the neck and shoulders. Right. And then, as you're sitting there, being aware of that, clench both your fists. Try that yourself, okay, Tudor? Just clench mm. your fists okay. and notice the amount of tension in your neck and shoulders and relax your fists again. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, you can feel yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So guess what? That fist represents an injury. That's exactly mm. what an injury is like. Is we're artificially creating it, but it automatically transmits through the entire body. So then, guess what? You have an injury in your wrist or hand or hip or whatever, but you get neck pain, Right. You move the wrong way, you know, you're sitting the wrong way, you know, your body has to adapt to all of those injuries, right? And so the problem is, where are the symptoms coming from? Because, get, mm. you know, the symptom could be in your neck or shoulder, but the, the restriction is something long forgotten that could have happened weeks, months, or years ago, or decades ago. But when you move the wrong way, that part of your body strained and became painful, but it was not the source. The source happened a long time ago, could have been anywhere. You can twist your ankle, you can bump into a piece of furniture and cause a restriction, you know, and then years later, months or weeks later, you know, you move the wrong way and your knee gives out or your neck gets strained. And you say, why does this keep coming back? Or why did this happen? I didn't do anything unusual. You know, most people, you know, you bend over, some people bend over and pick up a bar of soap and they strain their back and it gets stuck. And they, and I, I say, and they, they blame it on the, the, the soap. And I said, guess what? You know, that soap weighs about two ounces. You know, that's not what did it. That's like the straw that, you know, broke, broke the camel's back. Camel yeah. back. Right. So the things were set up. There were a lot of other things that happened. And part of what happens, which I discovered when I was still in chiropractic school that I was trying to figure out is that um, some bones on one side of the body are bigger than others. Okay. And it wasn't until I realized this structural concept that it made sense. And I talked about this, you know, 30 years, for almost 40 years ago, I, I asked my instructors, you know, in the radiology department, you know, why is it showing up on the x-ray? I taught dissection, I could see it on the cadavers, you know, one knee was bigger, one hip was bigger. You know, if you look at your, your knees right now, or if, in, in your audience, you know, look down and you look at your knees as you're sitting there. And look, just put your hands side by side on each knee. You may notice in most cases, many cases, that one knee is a little bit bigger. If you want to try that yourself, you can try that too to yourself. So basically, the kneecap. Or we're yeah, no, at, or? you know, it's just just the just the part of your thigh right before the kneecap. You know, just kind of put your thumb and fingers across those, or put your hands on either side like this, tutor, like with your fingers outstretched to kind of kind of create a little flat space between them, like mm -hmm. a little gauge. And you may notice that one is a little bit bigger than the other. Okay. I don't know if you can see That's that. That's crazy. Yeah. Or I think my feel. left one is bigger than the other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, you squeeze, if you squeeze that bigger one, squeeze it kind of hard, yeah. you might notice it's more sensitive than the other one. Hmm. Wow. But That's really interesting. That? Yeah. yeah. So this is what happens to bone. So bone, what I was talking about years ago, that's been recently proven. That's actually been verified. By so the every bone in the body or bone pair, I should say, has yeah. this divergence, basically? No, no. It only happens if it's injured. That's the thing. 
Oh. And we know that because with treatment, we can reverse that. Hmm. And actually, we've actually got x-rays before and after treatment. And we know we shrunk the bone. So, but it gets bigger. It gets bigger with injury. That was verified at the University of California in 2005. Wow. There's an actual protein expansion that happens with impact injury. And it stays that way. It just gets bigger. Does you know? that tend to lead to more uh, cases of like osteoarthritis and joint inflammation and all that kind of stuff? Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, and that's why. And you have two parts now that don't fit, right? So mm. now you have stress on the joints. You know, they just get irritated. The other, There's another part to that uh, injury. There's certain injuries that are, affect us that cause some of the stabilizers to turn off. Okay, so there are certain muscles that actually that control the stability in the knee, for example, right? There's a, little, there's a little muscle right behind the knee called the popliteus. And what I discovered is that if you have an injury to your back, especially your spine, just around your rib cage, lower rib cage, that part is very, is a very sensitive area that your body wants to protect. And mm. so what it starts doing is it starts turning off some of the little stabilizers around the knee, the low, even the lower back is, I call them sacrificial joints. The body will sacrifice those joints to prevent more strain coming in. So wow. shoulder, the hip and the low back are the kingpins. They're big ones that always, almost always are unstable. But guess what? When we correct the core injury, the deeper injury actually in the bone structure of the rib cage and the spine or the upper back or the neck or the head, then those those muscles turn back on immediately like a light switch. Okay. And so that was a big breakthrough because the wear and tear on joints is also not just because the size, it's also because of these instabilities that develop. Okay. And that's why the low back is interesting. The lower part of your back, the lower lumbar spine, that's where you always see the disc problems developing. Yeah. And why wouldn't the body protect that? Cause you're talking about nerves. Well, the, your spinal cord actually ends a little bit above that. So the mm. part in your low back actually has nerve tracts that are less vulnerable to, deter- to, to really serious impairment. Like if you damage your spine higher up, you can become paralyzed. Yeah. When, it's, when it's damaged lower down, the body will allow that because you're going to just wind up having pain. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And you can survive, right? So I tell people, you know, you can still escape a really slow predator, you know, if you have a little back pain. But if you have an injury higher up in your spine that causes damage to your spinal cord, it's game over, right? Yeah. I love this. I love the Star Wars analogy of uh, uh, calling you, uh, what is it? Uh, it was in Jabba the Hutt, the one um, Bantu fodder. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you know, basically you can't escape, um, you know, you're going to not survive if you can't run you can't walk you can't move you're you're basically vulnerable and so the nature protects you so nature knows i I believe this is why all of these things develop is that our body has adapted to what's needed yeah so that was a revelation the the bones getting bigger the bone you know the joints getting unstable but uh we were still stuck with trying to find out where these sources of injury are okay yeah so you can you can it's a very, it's a very kind of laborious process. I learned some techniques in osteopathy and I credit osteopathy and many of the French osteopaths with great strides. I was just on a conference today with an osteopath from Paris, France, just an amazing practitioner. And um, so she and I, she and I have been communicating for a little while. And, uh, but the thing is, is that um, it's a laborious process trying to find these restrictions because you got to check the whole body. 
yeah. you know, and mechanically stress each other, each area. So I was doing that for a few years and I realized, wow, this is hard work. But then one day I had an interesting experience. I went to check for an area of restriction. Let's say someone had a shoulder problem and their shoulder wasn't moving properly. So I was testing that in one spot. And then I was going to test another spot to see if they're connected. But before I actually touched the other area, the part in the shoulder let go. And it was before I touched the area. Okay. Mm. It's just when my hand close to the other area, I said, what the heck was that? And it kept on showing up. All right. So I started to think, what, why would this happen? Okay. So I started to realize there's something very interesting about our hands. I mean, a number of parts of our body have a lot of nerve receptors. Like if you stroke the palm of your hand, it's really sensitive. There's yeah. a lot of nerve endings there. Well, what are nerves? They're basically biochemical nerve uh, electrical circuits. Yeah, okay? electrical circuits. They produce electricity and they produce electrical current. Okay. So did the field in your hand trigger exactly, that injury? Exactly. <laughs> so I realized there wow, was the electrical crazy. field, the electromagnetic field generated by that. And that's why, you know, when you don't, when you think about it or don't think about it, if you bump, bump your elbow or your knee, what's the first thing you do? Swear. Yeah. You, you think you do, <laughs> but you don't. Before swearing, you put your hand on it. Mm. Okay. And it feels better. It always feels better. That's why it's laying on of hands, you know, touch therapy, yeah, even like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, things like um, Reiki and things like that. They really work. They're therapeutic touch. They work. And there's a biophysical reason for that. We mm -hmm. are electrical machines. We are bioelectric generators and conductors. Okay. And uh, uh, in my book, uh, I wrote a book called Matrix Repatterning called The Matrix Repatterning Program for Pain Relief. Uh, when I introduced these topics back uh, about 20 years ago at a, another conference, um, there was an interesting cell biologist there who really found these concepts fit with his, what he's been investigating. So his name is James Oshman. He wrote a book called Energy Medicine, The Scientific Basis. Mm. And, and so he really understood that this was a bioelectric expression of the body. And so we started utilizing that to actually scan the body. You can actually put your, if you put your hand over an area that's injured, it feels better. And so by actually testing how that putting your hand on one area caused a relaxation elsewhere, we could pretty quickly pinpoint all the parts of the body that were, that were injured, which was a great wow. breakthrough, great time saver, right? And we could categorize them in terms of severity, because a bigger injury caused a more of a relaxation in the area that you were testing. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, then over the years, um, I noticed that some practitioners, I tossed our teaching this of course, and uh, noticed some practitioners really had, a, were struggling with this. They couldn't find these things. They put the hand on it. It didn't change. And I realized I had an opportunity where I realized one of these practitioners had actually confessed to me. She badly injured that hand years before in a horse riding accident. So when I checked her, yeah, her hand was really messed up. And so her bioelectric field in that hand was impaired. And so therefore she was not getting an improvement when she put her hand over an area that was already injured. Mm. She couldn't normalize that local area. So I realized, yeah, I guess this is something that happens to a lot of people. And so I came up with this idea, okay, let's find something that's like a, an actual apparatus that can produce this bioelectric field, this biomagnetic field. And I started working with pulse magnetic fields, 
you know, little mag mag uh, pulse magnetic field generators, getting the right frequency is very important. Um, but then I came upon these magnets that we now use, which are really specialized, what are called alternating polarity concentric magnets. So there's a series of rings with alternating north-south polarity and mm. they work fantastically. So we've been developing that with the company. This, this technology goes back um, about 30 years uh, in Germany and there's four independent double blind studies that have been done on it, that these magnets actually produce pain relief, right? Oh. So we know they're doing something pretty significant. And so we've, we've been adapting that. Are they charged with electricity? They're not charged. They're, they're basically charged. just uh, rare earth magnets, very powerful. They produce like a current. Because they're alternating polarities, they actually produce what's called, called a cascading magnetic field. So it's like a current going through it. So it actually applied to the body actually generates a little bit of localized normalizing field. Hmm. And I guess because they're rare earth and they're the right type of magnet, they do that. And a regular magnet will do just the opposite, by the way. Every time I used a regular magnet on the body, I found it just got tighter. Didn't, didn't, and then I, I know people use magnets and, you know, different kinds of magnets on their neck and their feet and all. I found in many cases, if they used them for a long period of time, their health got worse. Hmm. Okay. And none of them passed double blind scrutiny. I asked for the test, the studies, none of them were able to provide the test results. Yeah. I've, so, I've read some stuff on magnets. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, it's definitely interesting. Mm -hmm. I haven't read too much on anything you just mentioned with the double, no. with the double polarity, but yeah. the stuff I did read wasn't, I wasn't too convinced about it. You no, know? it's I'm not convincing because but, it's not know. convincing because it doesn't work, but the alternating polarity. Yeah. Four independent university based double blind studies. It has proven just itself. Send me those studies after yeah, we absolutely, talk to absolutely, I'd be totally, totally. To check them oh out. yeah. Yeah. They just did a new one, a new study on, on uh, period pain, using it for women with period pain. But uh, one of the people involved in that is a, um, he's a, um, a biophysicist at the, well, he was with the University of Bologna. He's an American. He was at MIT. So we're working together to develop more research on this to see how they actually influence the body physiologically. And how just, long do you have to use them for, for a particular session? Well, first of all, we use them to, to find these areas and that's instantaneous change. Oh, I see. Okay? That's instant. In my book, I, uh, the, the one, um, I make the matrix repatterning program for pain relief that's available on Amazon. It was published nice. by new harbinger. That, that one, I just show the use of the hand and anyone, I show you how to do that yourself. Okay. So and there are some self-help techniques you can use. Yeah. So you have the, the, the part where the injury is basically manifesting, which is the pain. Like, let's say my shoulder hurts, right? Well, that's not the injury. That's what I'm saying. That's right. The symptoms and then you are. find that's... it, you, you kind of hold your hand over that, but then you use your other hand with the magnet to scan yeah. the body. Sort of, sort of. You, you really don't need to look at the area of pain, okay, to find the source of any kind of problem. So for oh, example, okay. um, I'll give you an example. This might work for you. So right now you already know that you have an enlarged left femur. Like you've had an injury, you probably fell on that knee, okay? Yeah. All right. So what you can do is right now, if I can ask you to try this yourself, Tudor, and you can try this at home if you wanna try this. If you know there's one of your knees is bigger, I'm going to get you to put your other hand on the, 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 the thigh that's not bigger. Okay. The right hand. Your right hand on your right thigh and go right into the muscle. Like if you're sitting, just put, put your, your hand flat on the thigh muscle and just sitting there, keep, make your, share your foot's just under your knee. So it's not squished. 
and just push in and see how far that muscle will let you go in. Okay. 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 So try that. Just see how far it lets you go in. Sometimes it's better with your eyes closed. You get a better sense of sort of where, where you sort of meet that resistance. Okay. You don't push hard. You see where it kind of balances against your hand. Okay. Yeah. That's called a barrier. We call that a barrier. Okay. So just then relax that hand. All right. Good. Now with your left hand or in your case, tutor, because you have a left injury, a left thigh injury, I'm going to get you to place your left hand, just rest it, or you even put it close to your left thigh. Okay. doesn't have to be right at the knee. It could be above the knee, preferably. Okay. Mm -hmm. So right. Try that. Okay. And then give it a couple of seconds. And after you place your hand there and then close your eyes again and see how far that thigh muscle goes in on the right side now. Okay. Before you hit that kind of resistance point. Okay. Then to verify that rest your right hand again, take your left hand completely away from your thigh, give it a couple of seconds and then try to go in again on that thigh muscle again with your eyes closed because that gives you better internal perception. See how far it goes in and you might notice that it doesn't go in quite as far. Mm, uh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Did you, did you notice a little bit of a difference? Yeah. A slight difference yeah. for sure. Yeah. A slight difference, right? So your hand, your left hand was producing a normalizing field which reduced that source of tension in your thigh. Hmm. Your right thigh we, we used as what's, what we call an indicator. But guess what? You could use that muscle to test your entire body hmm. to find these sources. And we show you how in the book to do that yourself. You can find some common injuries, right? And just move it around. And, you, and each time you wait a couple of seconds and test your thigh, the thigh muscle, see how far it gives. And the bigger injuries will actually cause a more of a relaxation of that muscle. Okay. Cause you're actually reducing that source of tension. So it's like pulling on your sweater and relaxing that source of tension a little bit. Okay. So when you, okay. So let's say you had a, you're looking for injuries on your body or I mean, mm. you should probably know, I guess where it hurts. Well, yeah, what but that's not use... the injury. Remember that the, right. where it hurts. Right. Is, yeah. <laughs> In my chapter three of my book, I say pain is not the problem. Pain is only a symptom. That's true. Yeah. Right. The so source the thigh, of the problem. In this case, if the thigh is the one that is our reference point, right? Let's say my yeah. right thigh is my yeah, reference point. Yeah, because it's obvious it was bigger. We know how, it's... Uh, how would I go about using it fixing. for other areas of my body, I guess, to, to oh, determine... Yeah, but basically, because that one's obvious, but, you know, basically you use the same right thigh muscle as your indicator and then the one relax that's basically your bigger or in no, no, no. You're going to use the less bigger one as less your indicator. One. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's an injury. That's not going to give as much easily to the other right. ones. Yeah. But then you can put your hand on your, sh on your shoulder, on your arm again, each time using the palm of the hand over an area of the body systematically going through your whole body each time waiting a couple of seconds after you place it, see how, if the thigh muscle relaxes, I see. If it relaxes, where you have your other hand is an injury, which we call a primary restriction. Gotcha, That's a gotcha. source of an injury. And that injury to your arm, for example, could cause shoulder problems. It could cause neck problems. Yeah, it could, and it radiates you know, down. Exactly. And a lot of people have issues in their teeth from dental oh, yeah. work or facial trauma. Those are huge because the nerve supply to the teeth is a massive nerve called the trigeminal nerve. Yeah. And that has a huge input to the body. So we have a lot of people, for example, I had a dentist many years ago who came to me in severe distress because he had completely lost the use of his left arm. 
which wow. as a dentist, you know, advertising as a one-arm dentist is probably <laughs> yeah. not going to get him a lot of patients. So a good, he was also a friend and you know, he had a lot of sports injuries I fixed before. So what the heck's going on? I found all these muscles that were tight. They were pressing on the nerves. I couldn't find the source of it using my technique, right? So I said, what's going on? What did I, I said, did anything unusual happen? He said, well, last week I went to a colleague and I had a tooth pulled. And oh, okay, interesting. So I, I just put my hand over his jaw where the tooth had been extracted. Boom, all this relaxed. Wow. Right? So I literally really? went inside his mouth and I did my technique of releasing gentle pressure around the tooth socket where it had been traumatized. It was pretty badly traumatized. So the nerves were firing like crazy, right? Mm -hmm. By relaxing that, I calmed the nerves down. I calmed the muscle down, got the use of his arm back on right away. And that's almost 30 years ago. He's never had a wow. problem since. So the point is, and that was ironic because it was a dentist, right? But in my book, I say, you know, don't worry, your problem may not be mental. It could be dental. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, so there are so many areas that we just ignore. Like, for example, if someone came into you with a, you know, came to a practitioner with a shoulder problem and say, oh, I'm going to work on your teeth. They go, well, you're a bit loopy, you know? Yeah. But the thing is, we can show them the improvement before we treat it. Just by putting what with the electronic device or the hand over the area, it relaxes everything. You can actually see the shoulder moving better. You can see the muscles relaxing, right? So even before we treat it, we can have demonstrate that bioelectric effect. But then we go in, we treat it, we use the scanning device, you know, the magnetic device along with gentle pressure, really gentle. And we can literally shrink that bone and we can normalize the, the bone structure pretty quickly, which is pretty stunning. And so, that the bone shrinks. I mean, how? What's the timetable for the it bone takes, adjusting? It's actually, well, there's, there's two ways. Okay, if the injury was pretty new, let's say within weeks or months, it often shrinks immediately. It's pretty shocking. Wow, really? It's plastic. Oh yes, that's incredible. The problem, yeah, it's it's pretty stunning actually. Uh, we've seen that happen many many times. Now the problem with being there years or more um, is that, or six months, a year or more is that over time, there'll start to be a buildup of calcium right. in relation to the stress around the bone. That's called Wolf's Law. So even though it improves, that bone expansion may only evolve over a period of weeks or months. Gotcha. So it may need some repeated treatment to help encourage it. We have a home treatment system as well with these magnets built into it. So we recommend using that for chronic situations because over time, it will improve it as well. So that combination seems to really work very well. So a lot of these issues with osteoarthritis and all these chronic pain situations um, certainly improves, but there's another component here, okay? So I, I usually, I, when I speak to a group of people, I, I say, and I can't see your audience, they can't see me, but I tell them, <laughs> okay, put up your hands if you have never had a fall, okay? So... <laughs> No one puts up their hand, of course, because from the day we start toddling on two little feet, we start banging into stuff, we crash and burn. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> I call it life on planet Earth. So, of course, we bang into bones and bone changes as a result. When we're younger, the bones are more resilient. They don't show up as much. The bigger we are, the harder we fall. You've heard that expression. Yeah. I came up with that many years ago. Many people use it. I'm just kidding. No. So it's a good one. So, you know, it's pretty it's popular. A good one. Yeah, it's a keeper. It's a keeper. So um, the point is, is that when we fall, there's something else that happens. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to listen to something here. 
So imagine I'm banging on a pillow, right? Yeah. What, what's the sound? Right? Probably nothing. Yeah. Not I mean, much. A, yeah. Now I'm going to bang on this table by my computer. Can you hear that? Yeah. What's the difference? Okay. I'm pounding material. just as hard. The material. material. The difference between the pillow and the table is one is more dense than the other. Right. When you have a dense material like bone, right? The molecules inside absorb that energy and they can't escape it. They can't dissipate it. It, it feeds into the cell structure, into the molecular structure. It absorbs it. And that's why the bones get bigger. Whereas mm -hmm. your muscles, you won't necessarily see that. It can dissipate. If you, if you bump into someone with, oh, you bumped into my biceps. Well, big deal. Right, if right. you bump into their elbow or their head, they're going to tell you, oh, that really hurt. If right? only our biceps got bigger from people bumping uh, in them, that'd be uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, right. Yeah, so when I tell tell women, especially that they're big boned, they no, they they don't like that either way. But uh, I tell them I'm going to shrink them now, so that's yeah. okay. <laughs> All right. So going back to this impacting, there's one other substance in our body that's even more dense than bone. Mm. Okay, right, and it's one of the most dense substances on the planet. Really? Right? And I'm sitting across from you, Tudor, looking at the beautiful scene of the ocean in the background. And guess what? It's right there behind you. And it's called water. Water? Water is one of the most dense substances on the planet. As a matter of fact, it is so dense, it's called non-compressible. If you take water in a container, a closed container, and you try to push it in, you can't. The water molecules are as tightly packed as you can imagine, right? Hmm. So... For example, think of a water balloon. What happens when you drop a water balloon? It doesn't just deform in, it explodes because that energy is transferred into the water molecules and the water molecules convert that kinetic energy, but it can't go in, it can only go out. It explodes outward. Hmm. That's what happens to us when we fall to some extent. A severe impact, car accidents, severe falls, guess what? You've heard of internal injuries. Yeah. Internal injuries are the organs with their fluid filled in your trunk, in your body, and in your head. Your head is a fluid filled chamber. They get concussed and they can rupture. Certain organs will rupture. The spleen is a good example. But short of rupturing, they absorb that energy and they expand. So you've heard of people with enlarged livers, mm. enlarged hearts, right? It's, it's because of these impact injuries. And, I, and I've worked with these for a long time. As a naturopath, I see people with cardiac problems and liver problems and blood pressure and kidney issues. And we are now doing a study with a major teaching hospital in Toronto because we've actually helped people with blood pressure issues. We've seen improvements in liver enzymes and cholesterol and cardiac function. We had our Harvard researcher come and spend a couple of years with me because we were monitoring all these improvements in cardiac function. All we did was correct these injuries in the rib cage, right? But the heart is housed in here, but when it's under stress, the, 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 all the tissues around the heart are distorted. They can't conduct electricity the same way. They, they develop arrhythmias and murmurs. Many of these can be resolved by correcting the structure around it, okay, and within it. Wow. So this is huge. And this is why we've also um, had a major... Uh, best-selling author and researcher, medical doctor, Dr. Do Norman Doidge, contacted me about, oh gosh, it would be eight years ago now, probably seven or eight years ago, uh, because I write about concussions and how we've been able to help people with head injuries. 
And so he started investigating our work and, you know, interviewed patients. He actually took some of the training in our work as well and uh, realized we were actually normalizing serious outcomes of concussions that were affecting things like sleep patterns and headaches and uh, uh, hearing issues, visual problems. I work with, you know, visual therapists and so on. And we, we were helping to resolve many of these chronic issues of difficulty processing uh, issues. So we get people now because he wrote about it in his recent book uh, came out in 2016 called The Brain's Way of Healing. So that's mm. Dr. Norman Doidge, D-O-I-D-G-E. And he wrote a book back in 2007 called The Brain, uh, um, the Brain That Changes Itself. The book in 2016 was called The Brain's Way of Healing. And so he interviewed me and, and uh, took the program, interviewed many patients, and actually observed me treating even horses with head injuries. Wow. That totally transformed even before his eyes. And so he was pretty excited and wrote a long chapter on matrix repatterning because of that. Now, the publisher, apparently, because the book wound up being double the length it should have been, cut the book in half. So uh, unfortunately, my chapter was not included because it didn't fit with the, the first volume or the whatever it was doing. But he, he insisted on it being in there. So there are four pages in the appendix about matrix repatterning. So it's still in the book. And he says it's probably one of the first things that should be done after head injury uh, based on his experience. And he also commented that he wished it was in every emergency department because he's seen people turn around after a head injury like within within minutes you know 10 to 20 minutes like literally changing after an acute head injury you know and even in one case we, he was watching me treat a horse and when the horse owner is called from the hospital and had just been kicked in a horse that earlier that day and by in the head wow and so he's at the hospital getting a ct scan and anyways they checked him out he was okay but uh so then he shows up at the barn where dr why dr doidge is there and he's, he's got this massive bump and welt red uh, thing on his head from where the horse kicked him. Yeah. And uh, so as, as he's sitting there, and Dr. Doidge is observing and actually filming that, uh, that bump and the wet redness just disappear. Really? Within minutes. Yeah. That's wow. what happens with an acute injury, right? You're literally restoring the shape of the structure. And that would have been a problem that would have haunted that young man for the rest of his life. I'm telling you that there are so... Many people, this is why I get so passionate about it, because I know that many of these injuries that affect us are affecting things like, you know, our ability to function from head injuries, our cardiac function, you know, joint deterioration, low back issues that are taking, you know, causing people to go on long-term disability. Many, many of these things, if we could pinpoint where it was coming from, corrected at the source, would be able to move, get on with their lives. And that's what makes me so passionate, even after 40 odd years of doing this and teaching it and so on. I'm just delighted that we have practitioners now from all over the world who are studying this. So we have chiropractors, we have physical therapists, we have uh, occupational therapists, medical doctors, veterinarians. Um, and really now, because we've converted our course to an online program, much of it used to be partly, partly online, uh, but now we've had to go to fully online. We got people from New Zealand and from Asia, from all over oh, wow. Europe, and they're actually being able to do it even without the live hands-on monitoring. But we're going to ultimately, when, as soon as this situation improves, we're obviously going to reinstitute the hands-on because it's good to have that kind of coaching. But yeah. the actual technique is something that 
many uh, manual therapists and other practitioners have been able to develop and, and learn and apply in their practices. And I'm delighted to say they're getting incredible results, just like you know we have been. And so we have a teaching team, an amazing group of instructors now that are working with me, uh, uh, practitioners and coaches uh, who work with those other practitioners. And they are so excited because they can see how this is actually being um, taken up and implemented by these practitioners from all over the world. So is this something that other people like, you don't necessarily have to be, for example, a chiropractor or a doctor to learn this technique and adapt it to, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's maybe massage therapy, physical therapy. Yeah. You basically can learn this and use it as a way to find the the source of the problem. For sure. And that's why I, I, you know, I had the self-help book I wrote wrote for general public. See things you can do for your family, for yourself. That was matrix repatterning, right? The road matrix repatterning program for pain relief. I have a new book I hope to have out this fall, um, which is called, Give me a moment here because <laughs> we are working on the title, but it's anyway, basically, it's going to be matrix repatterning, but it's the, um, give me just a quick moment here. Um, hang on. Okay. All right. I'm embarrassed to say I don't remember the title because we were back and forth on it for a while. Yeah, sometimes when you yeah. come up with a billion names, you forget which right, one you right. like. <laughs> Matrix repatterning well-being from the inside out. A user's cool. guide to the care and maintenance of the human body. So matrix cool. repatterning well-being from the inside. So is that pretty much like a kind of a know, like a revision or just adding it's some a, it's stuff? It's a revision and that and more because we've developed a lot of new components to it since then. Cool. We have information about the self-help uh, devices which people can purchase and add yeah. to that, and they can use that to find out these where these problems are and treat the chronic issues more effectively. So it's been great. We've gotten great feedback from people who've been applying them and uh, using the techniques and these new magnets that they're able to use at home. So anyways, it's, uh, it's really exciting. So that's, that's my goal is to get that out by the fall. So, um, you know, you'll be able to go online and check for that. That's really cool, man. I mean, gosh, there's so many wonderful things that you're talking about. And I think uh, it, it's such an exciting thing that people are catching on to it. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've done chiropractic, like I've, I've received it in, in a lot of different ways. I've, I've worked with osteopaths, um, you know, a lot of very talented people. It's so interesting when you understand how the body works, at least to, to kind of, it's like working smarter, not harder. You know, yeah, I'm curious exactly. if you're familiar with this um, technique called network spinal analysis. or Yes, network yes I have been exposed to it. And again, it's a way of stimulating these amazing reflexes yeah. in the body. Um, I can't say that I fully grasp it. Uh, however, you know, I don't doubt that we can, uh, you know, influence the body in subtle ways like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just say that, you know, if it works for you, great. Yeah. My goal has always been to get measurable results. Yeah. So we look at x-rays, we do blood work, right? We look for ranges of motion, improve stability. All of these components should be congruent. You should be able to measure those outcomes. I guess at heart, I'm a scientist. So many yeah. of the things that I've investigated over the years did not pass muster because you couldn't reproduce it. You couldn't measure it, right? Oh yeah, I feel better. But that's very subjective. 
Right. The problem with that, I mean, basically I tell people, well, you can do stuff and I'm not dis disparaging any technique, including what you just mentioned, but you know, if you want to get rid of a headache, I tell you the quickest way is get a hammer and, and hit someone on the toe. I guarantee you their <laughs> headache is not, right? Uh, so something else to focus on. Exactly. Yeah. So pain is a very, very tricky thing to measure. It's very mm -hmm. subjective and things like that. So I don't base any of this on pain. It's yeah. all based on improved measurable change in bone size in ranges of motion stability, neurological function, blood work, x-rays and so on. So all of these have actually been verified. So what we're doing, that's why, that's why we've been invited to, to do a research project with a, a teaching hospital in Toronto. It's because we have been able to achieve these measurable results. All right. And well, that's, I feel at the end of the day, feeling better is wonderful, but actually being better is. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to reproduce your methods and results to other situations independent of yeah. how people feel. So that's, you don't want to be going for treatments forever either. You know, yeah, true. our point is this is a finite process. Once yeah. it's corrected, it's done. How can we get there as soon as possible? Back. Exactly. Yeah. So it's layers of injury often over a lifetime. So there's a series of treatments. Well, you say on average, it's six to 12 sessions, you know, sometimes more in chronic situations where there's like hardware and surgeries and things like that may take longer. But once it's, once they're done, they're done. Like this, they will not come back unless you have another serious injury, which is. That's really interesting. Cause most chiropractic, I mean, again, I'm not ragging on any chiropractic cause I've used mm -hmm. chiropractic many times, yeah. but yeah. most chiropractic, at least that I'm familiar with around here is very much uh, like, all right, you're coming in, you know, twice a week for the rest of your life type of thing, you know, like just to, Sorry. And it's like, okay, I mean, I, I, I understand the, you know, the nerves are all connected to the body alignment. I understand, I respect I understand all that the stuff. belief in that. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm embarrassed about that because I feel that we've missed the boat as chiropractors. Yeah. And the chiropractors who do this work are just so excited because they don't have to keep convincing people to come back. Yeah. But then they get their brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts and friends and everyone they know coming in for treatment. Yeah. Because they don't have to go anymore. And they're so happy about that. Yeah. Right. So I remember I was teaching at, uh, I used to teach this at Logan College of Chiropractic at, in St. Louis. And one of the chiropractors taking the course after taking it, he really shook his head. He said, wow, couldn't believe it. And he showed me a plastic card from his chiropractor that had permanently, permanently embossed in the card, the areas that have to be treated on him forever, <laughs> forever. Wow. said, he said, oh my God, what you're telling me is like, this is proof that what I've been doing up till now is not really correcting the problem. I said, well, what can I tell you? You know, and again, there's a great chiropractor doing this work now. I, I'm delighted to work with them. But I, I tell chiropractors, you got to break free of those kinds of concepts that are trying to, that are not providing credibility to what you're doing. You know, the idea of going forward, and it's the same thing as physical therapists. I mean, physical therapists, they're in the same boat. Yeah. Well, a lot of physical therapists who do this work now and are so amazed because they don't have to keep people coming forever and yeah. convincing them otherwise or using up their benefits until, okay, sorry, your benefits are used up and so you're now better. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm going to sneeze and my back's going to go out. Well, that's not good, right? So all of those people are delighted. So for example, I had an occupational therapist in Alaska who took the program. She was had a terrible concussion from a car accident that was preventing her from continuing and finishing her studies in OT. 
And uh, so she went to one of my practitioners in Minneapolis and got treated, did great and was much better. So she decided to take the program. And so, you know, she did her thesis in occupational therapy on using matrix repatterning to help a patient who had something called visual amnesia, okay? Hmm. And so uh, this is something actually that a famous doctor, uh, oh, forgive me, I, anyways, anyways it's, it's, it's a complex where you, your, your nervous system, your brain is impaired to the point where you cannot differentiate facial features. Wow, okay. really? Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a well it's a well-known um, like between the logical label it in your mind like you're looking yeah. at somebody's face and you don't you know how to call it a nose or an ear or you can't differentiate their face. Wow, that's features, interesting. Right? Uh, so anyways, it was interesting. So she she cured this person of facial um, what's it called? Facial blindness. I'm sorry, facial blindness. Facial blindness. Basically they can't see their face. They can't differentiate their face from one person to another. Okay? Wow. They can't d d you know identify John or James or Harry, you know, to them, they, they, they don't know. Right. So um, it was um, it's crazy. Uh, the guy, the guy who wrote the, the, the forward to Dr. George's first book, a famous movie called awakenings was written about him. Um, anyways, he's a doctor, a, a psychiatrist as well. Dr. George is a psychiatrist. He had facial blindness himself. Right? Wow. Talks about it in one of his books. So it was interesting. I was presenting this thesis that this occupational therapist had used. So this is a measurable neurological phenomenon. You know, it's not just getting rid of pain. It, it cured a serious neurological problem, right? Wow. Within a short period of time, within about five or six sessions. So anyways, I mentioned the thesis to, to a new, another class that we was just started. And the young lady puts up her hand. She says, I'm here. <laughs> Because my chiropractor, who was using matrix repatterning in Halifax, cured my facial blindness. She had not known wow. about this thesis at all. She would literally go into the treat in the waiting room to uh, talk to the, the receptionist, asking who was that person. She'd have to look up. She could not recognize them, who they were, until she got this treatment. That's so crazy. that's the kind of thing which is pretty profound and so gratifying because. These are the kinds of conditions that nothing is curing. There's nothing out there yeah. that's correcting these things. So it's it's pretty profound, right? And so this I is can why, imagine, yeah. This is why you know we see people coming now from all over the world for head injury treatments because of what Dr. Deutsch wrote about in his book. And unfortunately, you know, we're swamped with people who coming in. They fly in. I mean, up until recently, they're flying in from Europe and Asia and yeah. Australia and all over the place. So now we have more practitioners out there. Thankfully, there are gradually more and more people we can refer to, which is wonderful. Yeah. We just have a guy just recently uh, just finishing up his program from New Zealand. He's an amazing practitioner and he has two clinics now and he's incorporating matrix repatterning into his practice and he's a physical therapist. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's so valuable too, that even the average person kind of has an appreciation for just how important, I guess, two things, how important alignment is number one, you know, yeah. and how sensitive yeah. the body is. I mean, the body is just such a, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of reading myself about fascia and the, you know, all the little microtubules and things that connect, you know, all the circuitry, all the heat activated proteins between the ligaments. I mean, it's just the more you read and I'm sure, you know, you're, you're very well versed in this. It's like, sure. you're just amazed at like how the hell this was all created, you know, how, how it all works. I mean, incredible. It's but so you got to remember one thing incredible. that was 
that's been missing from that fascial concept. Bone is fascia. Oh, really? Wow. Bone is mineralized collagen. Absolutely. Wow, interesting. Yeah, and one of my mentors, Dr. Stephen Levin, I mean, I, I talked about bone years ago, so he started incorporating that into his work and looking, talking, his lectures and other people like this, uh, this, this osteopath. So this yeah. is kind of like taking the whole idea of fascia to the next level is really exactly. connecting everything. It's everywhere. Everything's connected. Everything's, yeah, yeah. that's so yeah. interesting. Wow. Yeah, and bone is one of the, because it's so dense, it's one of the things that's been missing because we didn't realize when it's injured, it changes everything because now the muscles and ligaments and t- tendons have to adapt to that bigger bone. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Trained. You can mus- you can massage or treat or prod or poke or prod that muscle tendon or ligament forever. It's not going to improve until you normalize the bone structure, your wow. head injuries uh, and your headaches aren't going to go away until you normalize the skull. The skull changes shape. I'll give you another good example recently because I we literally have people with facial injury. We can actually straighten out their their nose and cheekbone. You can't you can't believe it. It's like really fast, right? So I used to joke about it. I say, well, you're now different. I would take before and after pictures. I said you're gonna have to change your driver's license picture. So I I joked about it for a long time until a few years ago. One of one of my patients came back after her treatment and she had gone. She'd been. She had traveled to Europe, so I didn't see her for a few weeks. She came back. She says, guess what? I tried to get through customs. And normally she has like, you know, they just photograph now. They basically, the computer reads yeah. her face to match. It didn't recognize her. For the wow, first- <laughs> really? That's so crazy. So it was so funny because then I mentioned that to another class and I forgot about that. I, I forgot who it was. I said, well, this is patient is blah, blah, blah. And from the back of the room, she puts up her hand. Oh, that was me. It was one of my students who, that, who, who was a patient prior, then she became a student, and she is the one that it happened to. So it's kind of uh, ironic if she was right there to, you know, to attest to what happened. You know, literally, her face changed. Wow. And so all bone, bone is plastic. It can change. It can be restored to normal. It reduces stress on the nerves. And if you have injury to the spine, the bones of the vertebrae, if you start looking at the bones of vertebrae, I show this to chiropractors. When you have what you think is a subluxation, you know, and I, you, you can, if you get a really good skeleton, you can see this. So I used to have yeah. a real one. And you can actually see the bones on one side of the neck are bigger than the other. Wow. And they're going in there thinking, oh, it's rotator. No. The bone is bigger and using a gentle technique that's completely non-traumatic where there's no risk of causing any serious injury, like literally light pressure, it shrinks. And that so-called subluxation is gone and it's It's not coming back. All right. Because you're changing something at a much deeper level. That's why I talk about, you know, improving health from the inside out. You got to go deep and figure out where this is coming from. And uh, it's not the joints, it's not the fascia. In most cases, it's the deeper framework, which is in the bone structure and in the deeper layers of fascia around these organs, which have been traumatized and absorbed a lot of that injury, right? Now, how do, how do you also, I guess, let's say somebody who's had, you know, uh, you know, they're, let's say in their mid age or older, and they've had some years of maybe standing in a certain way, maybe sitting at a desk and they have their curvatures reduced in their spine or they have certain, you know, whatever misalignments that have grown in their body. I mean, I understand that the bone can get back to normal in terms of its size or reducing that inflammation, whatever it is, the process. 
but how do you then address a situation like that where let's say the, the neck the neck curvature has kind of been reduced over time or their spine is kind of maybe right, right. you know yeah yeah over time what happens is you have these cumulative effects so what yeah. do we associate with old getting older stiffer you know, stiffer bent over bent yeah over, right and it's all of this cumulative trauma over time that no one has ever addressed right so this is why i tell people i mentioned earlier that yes the 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 longer term injuries have consequences they change the bone structure they change the joints and the and the discs and they they cause breakdown so yeah. what can we do we can improve it we can improve to the degree that we can and let the body do what it can to heal itself to the degree that it can. Obviously, yeah. getting at it sooner is better, right? And the other problem with many people who are older who are, you know, may have not the ideal diet or not exercising properly, you know, drinking too much alcohol, smoking, eating too much sugar, there is a biochemical consequence for all of that too, yeah. which leads to inflammation and uh, joint degeneration. Uh, leads to osteoporosis, you know, poor mineral uh, absorption and poor mineral in the diet content, yeah. you know, excess animal protein, all these things are pro-inflammatory. So you have to look at that. And I'll tell you, there's another big, big factor here for, and I want to comment on this because this is a factor that influences not just older people, but everyone. And that is the issue of the, of uh, the damage to our microbiome. And we have an organ in our body that we didn't even know about, three-pound organ that should be there in a healthy, balanced state, which are the microbes that live with us internally. And they have been severely undermined by overuse of antibiotics. But there's one antibiotic in particular that was introduced about 35 years ago that everyone's consuming. They don't even realize they're consuming it. Mm. And that's called glyphosate. Oh, Yeah. So glyphosate is known by the trade name of Roundup, and that is used on many, on a wide range. especially. Well, no, no, but that's wheat, but that's sprayed wheat. But yeah. it's not the gluten. People often say, oh, gluten's the culprit. Well, yeah. guess what? If you go to a country, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's sprayed. It's sprayed heavily and saturated, and the GMO grains are designed to tolerate more glyphosate. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. the same gluten molecule, if you go to a country in Europe where glyphosate is banned, people even with celiac disease can eat bread. Hmm. It's not the gluten. Gluten's been given a bad rap. Now, modern gluten, unfortunately, is hard to digest because it's been hybridized as well, but glyphosate has destroyed our body's membranes, our ability to digest properly, to process things, wiped out our, our, our microbiome. So inflammation, and deterioration caused by this horrible chemical is really pervasive and it should be addressed by governments and so on. But it, it's really, I urge listeners to make sure they check to avoid the GMO foods because they're usually more heavily saturated with glyphosate. Look at the, you can go online and look for a list of foods that are more heavily sprayed during their transition. I was going to uh, say, uh, I usually look up the clean 15 and dirty dozen. I don't know if you guys have yeah. that in Canada. Yeah, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's one way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But realize that uh, this is the chemical that we have to compensate for. Thankfully, there's an amazing scientist in North Carolina called Dr. Zach Bush. You may have heard of him. But oh Zach yeah. Was, Zach Bush. Dr. Yeah. Bush has uh, really been 
you know, letting people know that how serious this is problem is, you know, causing cancers and, yeah, yeah. you know, digestive issues and Alzheimer's and autism. It's, it's related to so many problems that we're facing right now. To me, it's a number one health threat, way mm. more than COVID. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And we should be really aware of it. And he came up with a way to repair the damage. So if you go to his website, I think it's ZachBushMD.org uh, or .com. But look up Zach Bush, Z-A-C-H, by the way. And he has an amazing uh, way to help people repair the damage. And it's excellent studies, you know, in vitro and clinical studies that have showed mm. the improvement. So I, I recommend, you know, this understanding and his research to every one of my, my patients as well, because it's so important. So well, I'll tell you what, I think if people about, are cognizant of their, of their gut health, right, of their microbiome, I really wonder what healthcare would be like if, if the average person just took more responsibility or was more aware of some of the solutions, like even with what we talked about today with, uh, you know, with injury protocol, I mean, man, can you imagine if what you're doing has been, you know, become like a, an international thing and it's become more available and mainstream. I mean, how much money would the healthcare system save? And it's, 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 it's mind boggling. And I know without without any uh, any kind of arrogance or self-aggrandizement, I would say the two biggest breakthroughs in medicine in the past hundred years are probably uh, Dr. Zach Bush's work and matrix repatterning. Hmm. In terms of potential that we see just from early studies, you know, um, we've had, for example, uh, multiple cases of uh, spleen injury, falls and impacts where people developed a serious condition conditions of white blood cell deterioration or idiopath, what's called idiopathic thrombocytopenia, where the platelets have actually collapsed and we've been able to bring them back. Wow. Normal, right? So, you know, it's really- and how fast, in what kind of time frame? Within, within weeks, within wow. weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty profound. Actually, one of my first cases I treated had that condition and uh, they've never looked back. And it's a very serious bleeding disorder, right? Because they don't have enough platelets. So anyways, That's I'm crazy. more research will evolve. I and mean, we see issues like with concussions and heart issues and everything else under the sun. So we know that the structure of the body and its vulnerability to injury change the way our physiology works. Yeah. We've helped people with snoring and sleep apnea, with reflux issues, stuff that's everyday stuff that people are struggling with. You that's know? so interesting because we tend to think of things in the, such a linear uh, you know, a B type of format. Like, you know, if you have acid reflux, then, you know, it's this problem. So just too much acid, but think about this. It's not. Yeah. Most of the time it's not. You have a fall, you have an injury to your trunk that distorts the diaphragm, right? Cause the liver and the kidneys and spleen absorb that it distorts it. So now the opening at the top of the stomach can't close properly. So the acid splashes up, right? It's just, it's acid in the wrong place. And when you take these drugs, they've shown that people who are taking these proton pump inhibitors that reduce hydrochloric acid production develop a whole host of oh, other yeah, it's terrible. Well, Xantox, Xantox getting sued, yeah. uh, I think, recently yeah. for that. Yeah, exactly. And that's because they're treating the wrong thing. They're treating the wrong thing. Hydrochloric acid is crucial to every aspect of our digestive system, yeah. our, our blood pH, our skin, everything depends on the presence of hydrochloric acid in the stomach. And just willy-nilly just destroying it because, oh, they feel better and, you know, they don't get as much reflux. That's causing way more problems as we now know. 
but we've been able to help many, many people with that condition by just reducing the, the structures around the diaphragm, allowing the diaphragm to come back to its normal shape. Guess what? The this acid doesn't splash up anymore, right? That is so interesting. Wow. Mm. Man, I feel like we barely uh, scratched the surface <laughs> here, but I have one more question for you. Of course, of course. What are you most grateful for today? Oh, my goodness. I'm just grateful that I was given the, the insights um, to be able to help people uh, look at new ways of helping other people and also tremendously grateful for the dedicated practitioners around the world who have incorporated this work and have helped more people because I just love every time I hear of someone in trouble or suffering from any kind of limiting condition, whether it's painful or otherwise, I think, well, if only we could check them and see if we can help relieve some of these underlying issues that they don't even know they had that are leading to that susceptibility of those problems, okay? So I'm just grateful that this is a gift that has been given to, and it's a gift to the body. This is the way the body's built. You yeah. know, I always say, matrix patterning is about using the resources of what we're, how we're built, how we're constructed, and just learning the language of the body and helping it achieve its natural state of balance, which we've always talked about, but we've missed a piece, a few pieces of the puzzle. This is just another piece of the puzzle that can help us get back on track. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with my friend, Dr. George. You know, we do our best to avoid injury in life, but if you do get injured, knowing what your options are is very important. We can't control when we get injured all the time, but we can control some things and that's how your body responds, how healthy your body is. You know, obviously nobody wants an injury, but we want to try to do our best to strengthen ourselves before, during, and after. I hope this episode has given you some tools to do that. If you want to connect with Dr. George or check out more about his program, go to matrixrepatterning.com and I'll put a link for it on the show notes for this episode. Again, it's episode 258 on the danceoflife.com slash podcast homepage. You can subscribe and do all that kind of stuff. Don't forget our wonderful quote that I absolutely love and you probably have heard it before from Nikola Tesla. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, Think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Like I said, you know, this is one of my favorite quotes, and it's because life is really about energy. You know, we talked a lot about today about the structure of the body and how it's all related and why certain things relate to other things and why it's so important to have good alignment. I've always believed that, especially coming from my background as an athlete and coaching people on alignment and physical alignment. But, you know, it's so True, because energy is all there is. And so ultimately learning principles of alignment helps you, I feel, learn a lot about everything else. And that's what really it's about. So when it comes to the physical body, understanding how to keep yourself in alignment, how to work preventatively, how to respect the healing process, how to nurture it, you know, how to allow things to go back in alignment. These things are such valuable principles because they save you time, they save you money, they save you suffering, right? Nobody wants to, to be sitting in pain all day, right? So you want to know exactly what are the strategies and tips and tools and tricks that I can use to minimize these things when they do happen. 
So I hope that's helped you today. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day, awesome rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. And away we go. Your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.